What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Good Anime Palette Podcast. This is episode number 38, where we talk about anime and eat takoyaki, but we're out of takoyaki. I am your co-host, Jason, and I'm joined, as always, as usual, with Pink Shirt Will over here. No takoyaki, but we did get okonomiyaki last week, was it? Or two weeks, two weeks ago? ago? Two weeks ago. God, that was a good night. That was a good night. Except that because of the fact you're also making it yourself, well, I was making it myself, but you also got you got hit by all the, the oil and all the mayonnaise as well. So when I got home, uh, it was palpable, the smell. It was, it was dude, I, I felt, I, I felt kind of like wary that I was covered in grease and mayonnaise and that ton, that, 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 that takoyaki sauce, it's, it, I, I think they call it tonkatsu sauce. Tonkatsu or sauce. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's essentially like, uh, Boiled down like Worcestershire sauce, uh, with more sugar in it. So good though. It's 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 amazing. So good. I remember as well when I added like a layer on top, and then I added another layer on top, and then Jason's like, "Yeah, no, just give me the sauce." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do. I, I I love that sauce. It was a good time. It was a good time. But we're here to talk about anime, and we are here to also talk about some manga too. Yeah. So um, I remember like a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, actually, we were kind of on like a little, um, little hiatus in terms of watching and reading stuff. I think it was just because like it was season's end, and we just had already been like so wiped out from doing all this watching, all this reading that we just kind of took like a two week break. Okay, um, I'll be honest. Uh, my reading and watching uh, habit has uh, it needs to be. You know, the pace needs to be picked back up again. Yeah, and, but you've uh, also been busy too. Like, you know, we'll, some, li- we'll, some we'll, life developments, life developments yeah, on your end. True, real in like IRL developments. But uh, Will did me a solid, and uh, just shout out officially to 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 my co-host Will here accommodating me. Thanks, man, dude. I mean, like the anime life is tough, especially when you have new shit coming out now with the new season yeah and you also have new topics coming up which means you need to keep up the pace yeah you also have another set of pace to catch up with as i'm well. not even done with last season stuff because i put it on hold so now the new season's coming and uh by the way listeners our next episode ep episode is going to be summer seasonal so get ready for that yeah so uh, just spoiler alert this this, this summer season's actually pretty lit yeah, I, I actually quite like. I, you remember, like we talked about, we were like, oh, I don't know, like how this is going to go. I don't know, is this going to be like another winter season mm-hmm, where like mm-hmm. you have your heavy hitters, but at the same time you don't know which of these sevens are going to be good to watch. I watched a lot of them, and a lot of them are really, really good. Yeah, which is why, like, now I'm kind of wondering, damn, like, did I just kind of lowball myself? When you I said you totally did with three, because at the moment, at the moment, there are four. I'm still holding on to that, and I think it will still be like a safe-ish bet. But if it gets to a five, I wouldn't be surprised either. Oh no, I think it'll get to a five. Yeah, if not higher. Who knows? I mean, we're we're only literally like one episode in for most seasonals right now. Yeah, and things can obviously change, yeah. and obviously towards the end of any seasonal. Uh, premiere. I'm sorry. And anime season. When everyone finishes all the episodes, the scores change massively as well. So, yeah. all right, we'll, we'll, we'll save those for the next episode because that's when we we're going to be doing our summer premieres. Yeah. So today, because we actually have a yeah. lot of news to cover, actually, because Anime Expo 2022 is happening over the weekend. Yeah. So we're going to try and consolidate most of it. I mean, to be fair, like you said, right? There's there's a lot of heavy stuff you want to go over and. It's up to our discretion on how much we want to t- go into it. But before we even go into the news, let's talk about the stuff that we've been watching and reading. Um, I know you've been watching some stuff uh, in the background, but like not to full completion yet. So maybe we'll just save it for next yeah, time. Yeah, just save it for next time. Um, there was a show, though, that came onto Netflix 
about a week ago. And uh, when I brought it up to you, you were like, yeah, no, actually, I had this on my to watch list, but I wasn't ready to you know pull the trigger on it yet because I'm still watching other stuff. Uh, the show in question is uh, Bastard, Heavy Metal, Dark Magic. Uh, that Dark Fantasy? On, dark Magic. Or Dark, dark Fantasy. Um, uh, at least on Netflix, it's... Oh, no, yeah, Dark Fantasy. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so, Bastard is... A bitch? Let, no, let, I'm just let, kidding. I'm just let, kidding. Let, <laughs> just, just straight up <laughs> asshole, actually. I'm just kidding. Um, so, just to give it like, a little bit of like a background into it. Uh, it was originally on uh, Shoisha's Weekly Shonen Jump in 1988, Uz manga right that that's the original form and it ran for around 12 no 22 years uh regularly so it moved from uh wsj through to ultra jump um i would assume because of its uh you know interesting material uh it managed to collect up to like 27 volumes but by 2010 2012 uh, it mysteriously went in hiatus. Uh, no one knows why, but if you watch the stuff and you read the stuff, yeah, you can you you know why. I think right now, like the the licenses have expired now, so it's it's safe to say that the manga is not going to be coming back for a while, especially since it hasn't been released in the last twelve years. Um, so that's the manga. There was an original adaptation about twenty years ago. Uh, no, sorry, not even twenty. Thirty years ago in nineteen ninety two. Uh, when it was uh, done by Studio AIC. I don't even know AIC. Oh, dude, they're old school. I mean, like, AIC, when we talk about like the sports anime episode. Like major? Super, super old school shit. Uh, that was six episodes. Oh, wow. They actually did some stuff that I actually would be interested to yeah. watch. Sorry. But it's like, but it's like you, you, it's not like a studio that comes to mind immediately, right? It's only when you do a little dig, uh, deep digging, then you're like, oh, I actually know the studio. Right. So fast forward to 2022. On July 30th, literally a week ago, at least from recording, uh, Netflix decided, you know what? We're going to drop this shit. We're going to bring you 24 episodes of Bastard Heavy Metal Dark Fantasy with the first season released now. And then the second season released to be decided to be announced whenever. And of all studios, Leiden Films. We've talked about Leiden Films. They're a really decent studio. And they've actually been starting to pick up the slack over the last year. Like, there's a lot of stuff that if we've watched that Latin films has produced, it's solid. Bastard, though, like... Okay, let me just get it out of the way. I like Bastard. Bastard's a really, really fun anime to watch. The visuals are great. The comedic lines and the character interactions are solid. Right. Especially if you're, like, a heavy metal fan. Yeah, so I think people need to know what heavy metal is. So, um, not the music. Even though it is also about the music, but I'm referencing, I guess, the comic book series. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. And that one is uh, a really old comic book series, but it's very well known to be very... Risqué. Risqué. A lot of hairdos, a lot of metal. Very offensive. Just think Mad Max, almost. Yeah, no, they did an animation as well for heavy metal. And like the soundtrack for that, because I like metal, it's not like like the kind of like... Norwegian death metal that a lot of people might like refer to. No, this is more like the the hair metal, thrash metal, the early days of like Pantera, like Sandman. Uh, yeah, like no, like 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 Metallica, Pantera, yep. Dio, Kiss, like that kind of genre. Um, now the original creator Hagiwara. Uh, let me get his full name. So his full name is Kazushi Hagiwara. Uh, the reason why Master existed in the first place, he likes heavy metal, and he likes Dungeons and Dragons. I like heavy metal. I like Dungeons and Dragons. 
why wouldn't this make sense to me? So a lot of the characters and the place names, even the spells they use, are essentially references to all of Hagiwara's favorite bands. Half of them I saw media, I was like, yeah, no, I know what the hell you're talking about. There's, of course, some more obscure bands in there too, but that just shows like the sort of depth of knowledge and appreciation that Hagiwara has for uh, the, the genre that is heavy metal. So I actually, besides what I have seen as the poster and kind of having an idea of the vibe, you know, with heavy metal and stuff, the story, I'm guessing, is it pretty simple? Oh, and it's, dude, mo- it, it's, it, it's like the most simple form Wait, can of I a guess? lot of fantasy. Yeah, go over it. You save a princess. Mm, not necessarily save, no. Uh, in fact, you're protecting a princess. Okay. So, okay. so the, from the get-go, the princess is already there. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, it's not just a princess. Uh, there is a whole harem of women. Oh, harem. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it starts off with uh, a young boy who's in the protection of another uh, female. Uh, however, deep down within this young boy, his name is Lucian, first of all. This is all like within the wiki anyway. It's like the, the, the synopsis of the series. Uh, so Lucian is just a, a young boy who has been entrusted with the soul of one of the most powerful wizards in this series, Dark Schneider. <laughs> so Dark Schneider, like, Basically, like following like one of the most like major events within this world, uh, was known to be essentially like creating havoc, uh, seeking world domination, as well as like building a huge harem over four centuries. Okay, c- can I just say some of these names? Uh, Yoko Tianoto and Soto Gionoto, and then of course the one that's the winner is uh, Lars Ulu. Mat- Talikana. And you know who that is, right? Of course I know who that is, right? but it's that, just pretty funny. Like, it's, literally, it's on the nose. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's this, yeah. right? But yeah. the thing is, of course, because of copyright issues, they didn't want to get sued. They have to, of course, change a few things. Hey, they learned but, from JoJo, but, right? But that's what I mean. This is like, That's the level of like referencing that uh, Hagiwara wanted to put into the, uh, the manga. So I need to ask you, if you are not a fan of heavy metal, would you still be able to extract a good amount of enjoyment and satisfaction you could because it's the 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 comedy beats are there the action scenes are actually pretty solid but and this is like the the main issue as well right yeah like it it covers a lot of like the aspects of fantasy dark fantasy um which also means it goes into the um the the sensitive controversial areas Mm -hmm. so um there are of course going to be a lot of things that um most people are not going to be cool with i think we we will go into this a little bit later with regards to the main topic but i'm not saying anything or critiquing about the world of pc or or political uh, correctness but at least you can see it right there is going to be issues um for some people in watching this but because it the thing is right with bastard it's it's offensive it's not a it's unapologetic it's unabashed it's just straight in your face like you either like this or you hate this and the rating on my anime list shows it too yeah i was about to mention 6.93 right now for the ona yeah yeah so it's like literally on the cusp of a 7 so i think when i when i first saw it it was like a 7 then a 6.9998 it starts slowly teetering down i think where it is right now is very reflective of that love hate relationship that people have with this series i mean you and i both believe that when any anime 
on my anime list reaches the six category, the number six point something something, it doesn't mean it's bad. It means it's more niche, right? Divisive, right? Yeah, as and, in, that, like, and that's if, what that's what bastard is. Like, look, I I enjoyed. I gave it an eight in the end, but I was actually like very very close to giving this. It was it was a case of seven point five. But the last couple episodes, I like, pushed it yeah. more towards an eight for me. Whichever way it swung, right? But yeah. that's also because I wasn't offended by what I was seeing. Now, that, I hope that's not a reflection of my character. It's just in the end, like, you just, I just choose not to take certain things seriously because I know this is just fiction. But I know that there's going to be people who take offense to what is in Bastard. And that's completely fine, too. I have no issues whether you like this or not. Everyone has their own opinion. My opinion is it's not a bad show. I'm actually looking forward to the second half of Bastard. I think you because like look, you you're you 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 enjoy D and D yourself. You know some heavy metal, but you're not like oh I'm a heavy metal fan. It's just like if I say the bands like Metallica, if I say like Anthrax, if I say Slayer, you're like yeah I know of them, but like how much do I know? Like I, can I like maybe, Top Hats. I can maybe name like one or two songs from some of these bands, but like I'm not like deep into the culture. And like that refers back to the question. Like if you don't know the the references in terms of the metal bands. It's in the same way where, like, there are going to be certain references for other shows that you kind of miss. But I think there's enough within Bastard for you to enjoy, regardless of you knowing the metal references or not. Someone wears a hat, though, right? There has to be. Like a Mad Hatter. Because you know what I'm referencing, right? Yeah. There needs to be. I think there is. I think there is. Because it would be pretty egregious if they're, if it's not. Well, maybe it, maybe that, that wasn't one of Hagiwara's favorite bands. You Bastard. Yeah, bastard. All right, what else? What else you got for me? So we, I, I, I would recommend, but with an asterisk because because it it can you know it ruffle people's feathers. So can uh, we understand you don't enjoy it? Uh, so we move on from bastard onto something that uh, both Jason and I have consumed very rapidly. Uh, we're talking about a one-shot manga by none other than fucking Fujimoto. Wait, wait, well, we talked about Goodbye Airy already. Yeah, we also talked about uh, Look Back. We know that Chainsaw Man is going to be debuting its second part in a couple days uh, from this recording. Yep. Uh, what else is... Well, actually, you know what? Fujimoto's like, yeah, I'm not done yet. Uh, here's another one-shot. Uh, so on the Jump Plus platform, Fujimoto released for free for everyone to read Just Listen to the Song, a one-shot that... Is probably more one shot than all the other ones he's done because it's only twenty pages. It's literally a chapter. It's like twenty something pages, yeah. And uh, obviously, because it's on Jump Plus, it's also on Manga Plus. At this point, they're synonymous depending on which platform you use. Essentially, I got both on my Android, but I think it, you only get I get Manga Plus on my iPhone. I can't get Jump Plus. Yeah, so I got both Jump Plus and Manga Plus on Android, but I just is use... there actually any difference no. if you have both? No, not really. Okay. I don't know why I got both, but I mean, like, whatever. You gotta catch them all, right? Exactly. I I just try and get whatever manga apps I can. Uh, Okay, but on to the one shot. So it's been kind of consistent. I think it was like not even six months ago that we were talking about Look Back. And then three months later, we talked about Goodbye Airy. And now here we are talking about Just Listen to the Song. Um, So what is Just Listen to the Song about? I think we should not, because there's only literally 20, 20, 21 pages. I think us going into the the plot is kind of not because you say the plot that's all twenty pages. Yeah, so yeah, it's, I know. It's, it's really hard not to spoil it. I will tell you though uh, the end result of how I feel, which is I gave it a seven, but not because it was bad, as much as there wasn't a lot for me to give it a more 
appreciative score comparatively to the other two one shots. It's kind of like watching an anime, but only the opening. Yeah, that's that's all you get from it, and then you have to base your judgment off it. So it's, I mean, it's surpri- hard to it's hard to get anything out of it. Surprise! Uh, anime uh, summer season is premiering now. Everyone is watching the first episode of everything, and uh, some scores are not indicative of the final product when we look at week twelve, right? But what I would say is like there's a lot of metaphors, symbolism, definitely that like refer to some real IRL shit that's either happening in your life or in Fujimoto-san's life. Yeah, you should. T- you told me something that um. I will give you the opportunity to say, which is something about like why he he wrote this one shot, and you're convinced, and I'm convinced after hearing from you that uh, the message that he's trying to sort of imply to the readers. So, do you know what I'm talking about, Will? I think we should just leave it up to the fans after reading it. It's like, is this a reference to the other stuff that he's released? Hey, you know what? Rather than just listen to the song, just read it. Yeah. You know, just read it. It's it's a good time because you're only spending like three minutes to read it. It's 20 pages. You can flip through it very quickly. There's not a lot of dialogue. Whether or not you want to read it, it's up to you. The best part is it's free. So pick it up or not, hey, it's always there for you to check out. And if you like this uh, 20-something page one-shot, uh, Will and I can emphatically tell you the other one-shots that are way longer are also exemplary. Like ex- They're just excellent. So, yeah. So on to the news of today. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to crack on, but we'll go over the non-anime expo stuff first. Which unfortunately is a bit of some bummers. There's some bad news and then there's some really bad news. Um, we'll get the, the not-us-bad news out of the way first. Um, so you and I have been kind of pensively waiting for the debut of the anime adaptation of Uzumaki. It's been delayed year after year after year. And lo and behold... Uh, it's going to be delayed again. Right. So Uzumaki is a manga, originally a manga written by the well-known, extremely iconic Legendary. Japanese horror artist and writer Junji Ito. So uh, I really like Uzumaki. The manga gave it, I think, a 10 out of 10. I watched the live action movie. And the trailer looked really good, even though it was like very small, like very short, right? It looked good. We're yep. gonna have to wait a bit longer. Yep, and then uh, no, no release date too. By the way, so just a couple weeks ago, actually very recently, uh, the Uzumaki anime production team released a statement on Twitter, uh, originally in English and then translated, uh, originally in Japanese and then English translated. Thanks to everyone for their interest and positive comments about our Uzumaki anime adaptation. Unfortunately, the premiere date of the series must be delayed again. In order to replicate the quality of the intricate designs and detailed line work of Mr. Ito's classic manga, director Nagahama and the production team have asked for additional time to recreate Ito's masterpiece properly. Uh, and then other stuff. Thank you for your continuing patience and support. The anime production, we've talked about it before. Like The process is not as straightforward as people think. But it is a bummer to a lot of the fans when you have to see another delay for something that is so highly anticipated. Or if you're like us, like you and me, we're kind of cautiously anticipating it. We are of two minds about this because I right away was like not happy about this news and I was quite worrying. You, on the other hand, was more like, well, if they need more time, I'd rather have them you know, spend more time to make it a better finished product than to shit it out in like... A shitty state basically and i do agree with that statement but recently there has been certain delays of course they're not related to uzumaki 
but like I'm thinking of like Worlds and Harem and all this stuff that oh we need to delay it, we need to delay it, we need to delay it, and then the end product is arguably in some cases even worse than what would not have if you didn't make those changes. It may be one of those cases of overthinking, overworking it, and then like when you think you got the finished product, you come out with it, and then people are like, actually, I think you guys like spent way too much time on something that really didn't need to happen, like the changes they made. So who knows? I think I, I'm completely sympathetic. I think that it's not easy working in anime production, and they need the time to produce something that, yes, we've seen firsthand how intricate and how tough it is to actually replicate Junji Ito's stuff. I mean, dude, there's been, there have been so many failures in terms of anime adaptations of Ito's shit. Yep, for sure. So it's not that I am mad at the delay itself. I'm just worried, I guess, is the more appropriate term. Because it's like, if it keeps getting more and more and more delayed, it's like you got to think about how heavy of a material they're actually working with. And then you're like, is this an insurmountable challenge? Like, is this going to be redline? It's. I mean, I, mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it would make or break the studio. It's more just like. I mean, would you say the reputation's on the line with this? No, but I'm just saying, like production hell essentially is what I'm like in limbo. This is that's how I feel. I mean, surprise factor if it gets delayed again in 2023. So here's the thing. Originally, it was supposed to come out this Halloween or in the fall season, which is well October. after 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 like the first or second delay. It was supposed to come out like a year and a half, two years ago. Right. So. I do think the Halloween release date or the October release date is a very good idea to kind of convince people to watch something horror-related. I mean, Miruko-chan is the same thing. Well, usually, at least in Japan, it's not like they have to stick it to Halloween, but because this is going to be premiering on Adult Swim. Yes. That's why it's important. And all over the world, too. So, yeah, uh, if I were to delay it, I would rather delay it all the way till next year's Halloween or October. So they got another 15 months. Yeah, and at that point, if you delay again, then I'm just not going to care. Cause... It's hard to care now. I think it's just one of those, just like, like, if we keep caring, then the expectation levels keep rising. I literally forgot about it, to be honest, until they said, oh, we're getting delayed. And I was like, oh, oh right. Oh, oh, right. That's a thing. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, so... Moving on from the Uzumaki delay, uh, we now have to you know pay our, our respects and our sympathies to um, the n- next bit of news. Um, a lot of us grew up reading and watching Yu-Gi-Oh, like one of the more popular card collecting uh, anime and manga series. And um, uh, if you have not even heard of Yu-Gi-Oh, I'm sure you might have heard of the meme of "Oh, you're now like trap card, right?" Yeah. yeah. You've fallen into my trap. Yeah. So um, the, the the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh, Kazuki Takahashi, uh, has sadly passed away at the age of 60. Uh, this news was reported very, very recently. Um, and, you know, we've, we've, we've covered a lot of tragic losses within the anime and manga community. And this is no different. We we definitely were, were shocked by what happened. Um, so the Japanese uh, Coast Guard had actually found... Um, Takahashi's uh, body floating off the coast of Okinawa. Apparently, there was snorkeling gear. Um, there hasn't been any suspected foul play, but it is still nonetheless tragic to find that uh, what looks to be an accident had led to the tragic loss of uh, Takahashi. So when I just saw the headline, the first thing that came to my mind was suicide, especially when you add in Coast Guard. So obviously... It doesn't make that much of a difference because it's unfortunate that he passed away anyways. But snorkeling by yourself is a very dangerous 
thing to do, even if you're a professional. So just be safe out there, guys. But going back to the subject at hand, uh, I thought that Yu-Gi-Oh! was always cool. I had some cards, but I never played it. I wasn't really that into it, but it was always something that I knew is not only a huge thing, but also, funny enough, almost like in the West, it's a way bigger thing because in, J- in Japan and in Hong Kong, where we live, we have a bunch of random card games and stuff like that that will never make it to the other uh, continents. So, but Yu-Gi-Oh! obviously was always there. Yeah, I mean, of course, it, you know, we also grew up with Pokemon cards, but my my memory of it was, at least when I was in, in Canada, if you weren't playing Magic the Gathering, you were playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Yes, uh, I would agree as well. So, I mean, I didn't watch Yu-Gi-Oh! at all. I mean, I watched it, like, as, but, like, but it's here like, and there. But, like, through osmosis, you know what it's about. You yep. know the memes. You yep. know the, the, the culture. I know how to Yu-Gi-Oh! play it, yeah. So, in the end, right, like, Takashi brought, like, a whole new community, like, 30 years ago into the anime industry, and it, it, it's a very heavy loss. Like, uh, I mean, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really at a loss for words. Similarly with Kentaro, with um, Berserk, right? It's just within a short span of time, we have lost all these iconic heavy hitters, heavy within, hitters yeah. and... Uh, Rest in peace. I hope, you know, the family is doing okay and hopefully, you know, send them love if you can. Yeah. Our respects to uh, the family, the friends, and everyone connected uh, with um, with Takahashi. Do you think you will buy the manga to sort of, you know... I wouldn't buy the manga. I would probably try and get my hands on some of the cards. Yeah. Actually, that that's not... Yeah. I mean, in Japanese, though, or in English? Of course, the Japanese cards. I I mean, good luck finding a trading card store in Hong Kong, though. Oh, you have to, you have to buy it online. Oh, okay, yeah, you have probably, probably have to buy, buy it online. online. Um, okay, yeah. so moving on to uh, some some slightly better news. So, right, the weekend that just passed is Anime Expo 2022, and uh, this is usually the annual expo where a bunch, and I mean a bunch, of announcements, panels, and everything are all, like, it's like the E3 in many ways of anime. And uh, we have a slew of announcements. Some are fast, some are a bit more in-depth. So let's start with Crunchyroll. Will, Will, do you like, um, do you like uh, Crunchyroll originals? No. I don't think there's any originals that I like from Crunchyroll. You should watch Fly Me to the Moon, though. Yeah. Inspector is okay. But they announced... The score says otherwise. True. Uh, Crunchyroll has unveiled two anime that from manga will be adapted into anime. The first one is called Tomo-chan is a Girl, which is a shoujo romance comedy series about a tomboy and her high school life with a dude and her classmates. Old book, old series, finished. It's available in English. It's really good. Yeah. Unfortunately, that announcement then got overshadowed by way overshadowed by one of the most anticipated, most like wanted adaptations. We talked about this for BP eight, yeah, and we lit. I, how could we have known? And literally, then we're prophets. Will we're yeah. prophets? Solo leveling, probably one of the most popular webtoons in existence. Would you say in existence? 
Oh, dude, like it's it's the it's the highest rated one on my anime list. I think. Right. So there is they're going to be adapting Soul Leveling, but not the webtoon version. They're doing the Japanese manga version, which kind of is like, well, what's the difference? And um, I don't really want to get too into let's it. Let's not get too into you, it. Yeah, yeah, let's not jump into the weeds. Like, I think if if you want to find out, just look up on Twitter. Right. The, the Twitter is like going off on why it's being the. Japanese adaptation as opposed to the Korean adaptation. But that point aside, um, super highly anticipated. And they've got like a good studio and cast in place already to who, produce who, who it. Who could it be, Will? Who could it be? So the studio in question is A1 Pictures. Wait, who's A1 Pictures? Oh, A1 Pictures. You mean Anah- the sauce, right? The steak sauce, right? Anahana sauce. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, did they do something called Kaguya? What, what, what was that anime called? Love is... Something Something ultra, something right? Something ultra. I just... Oh, I, I can't think of anything. Lo and behold, A1 Pictures, they're going to be a fucking fantastic studio for solo leveling. Okay, but, you know, uh, anime is all about the visual and also auditory, right? So, yeah, so why don't you get, they get the best in the game in uh, Sawano? Oh, Okay. It's not fair at this point. Yeah, it's not fair. It really is. Like, okay, I'm playing along, but really, like, oh my god, the trailer looked. They didn't really show any footage of the anime itself, but just the music was so hype. It's I'm 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 kind of like ready to watch it. I haven't read the manhwa or like the the, the manga, but um, hey, look, like if, if it's a one and it's Sawano, like you, I mean, it was only a year ago when I was talking about fucking eighty six. With Sawano and A1 Pictures, and that shit was fantastic. So I, I'll i enjoy it no matter what. All right. On to the next bit of news. Another uh, adaptation coming out. Uh, and this is a, 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 a manga series that uh, we've talked about before. But um, it was one of those kinds of like, this could potentially get a manga, an adaptation into, no, this should absolutely get an adaptation. Uh, I think it was like third place in uh, my uh GAP finale award for this manga needs to get an adaptation. Mashal, Magic and Muscle is going to get a TV anime in 2023. On top of that, the anime is listed as a complete anime adaptation. Yep. So recently, uh, they had just reached the 12th and uh, final volume of the... uh, So they reached the final arc within the 12th volume of the manga. So... 12 volumes, that's a pretty good run. Yeah. For uh, any sort of, like, new, like, Jump Plus series, that's pretty solid. I read over 100 chapters, and uh, Mashal is literally a portmanteau of Magic and Muscle, and that's basically it. Think of One Punch Man in terms of the comedy mixed in with Harry Potter. And or, you, or Mob Psycho. Or Mob Psycho, and uh, I really enjoy Mashal, and I think that adaptation is only, like, a matter of time, and obviously now it's here. I don't want to hype it up too much, but this could be another one of those Chainsaw Man situations, because Mashal only debuted two years ago. Look, I, I, I was ecstatic. But no but no, no news on which studio is adapting it, right? No, they have not announced anything. They have shown, like, like, a concept key visual, but I think it was just drawn by the mangaka, so... Yep. So I think we're going to just blast past these ones Quite quickly, uh, there actually is uh, a bit of news from the uh, Studio Trigger team. Right, but let's first talk about Konosuba. So a long time ago, we mentioned in a news story that Konosuba has mentioned a new anime project, but they have not announced what it is. 
Turns out now they announced it, which is now Konosuba, an explosion on this wonderful world, exclamation mark. So it's about Megumi, and it is a spin-off of Konosuba. So that's coming soon. I, I like Konosuba. I like Konosuba. So And Megumi is all of, obviously beloved by a lot of people. So There's enough memes about her. Yep. yep. Explosion. More, more so than Aqua. Yep. Well, she's useless anyways. Uh Depending on the... Actually, I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, Mob Psycho 100, we already know that there is a third season incoming. Yep. So key visuals have come in. Uh, reveal for the opening theme song, which I haven't listened to yet, by the way. And uh, good news. Uh, similarly with Kaguya-sama and uh, I forgot the guy's name, the singer who sang all of the OPs. Oh, yeah. Mob Choir is singing uh, the opening for season three. So uh, harmony has been restored. There's balance in the force. Everything is okay. And this time, the first one was called 100. The second one was called 99.9. And then now the opening is called one. If if if, if, if that is an indication of that this is going to be the, the last of Mob Psycho, then... Wait, is it? I think, no, the, the, the manga's done. No, I know that, but... The, ad- the adaptation, I think this is like the final arc adaptation of the manga so we should be in the end game now okay the fact that like the first two seasons i think it covered the first it, it covered around two-thirds or three-quarters of the manga oh i didn't know that yeah i think because there was a news update a while ago that had entered the end game and then it was done and where it left off in mob psycho uh season two was literally before it got to the climax so I'm really fucking hyped for this. Yeah, because it's it's coming in the fall, so get ready. I'm I'm shitting bricks because it's like I I really like Mob Psycho. I really like I, Mob Psycho. I, I really liked season one, and I really like season two. So I thought season one was good. Season two is great. So what happened with season three? It would be like it'll be catastrophic if it sucks. Oh my god, don't 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 say that. Don't don't. You heard it here first. Okay. So, uh now you want to go over the Studio Trigger stuff cuz there's a few things in yeah. there actually. So, Studio Trigger is supposed to uh debut uh Cyberpunk Edge Runner, so then they had a panel where they announced uh they showed a video and everything. We will cover that when it releases. It looks pretty decent. But they have a surprise announcement. First off, on Twitter, Hiroyuki Amaishi said that, um, hey, uh, I used to work for Gainax. We all used to work for Gainax. And this time, I managed to get some IP rights back, guys. And everyone's like, well, okay, what are they? Tengen Toppa Guren Lagen, which I'm like, okay, so is there more or you're re-releasing it? But the real crazy kicker is Panty and Stalking with Garter Belt. And uh, Will, you watched it. I watched one episode, but you watched more. You quite like it, right? You dig it? It's basically Powerpuff Girls, but not Crass. Yeah. And I like it. I really, really do like it. So I I thought that like after finishing it though, that I was like, okay, I'm done with this. This is this was a fun ride, but uh ready to move on. So now that we got this news that there was going to be a second season, right? Or at least, or at least like a new adaptation for the Penner Penny and Stocking with universe. Yeah, like, yeah. It's I'm okay. So Studio Trigger, I'm not, I'm not super stoked on it. As in, like, oh wow, this is gonna be fucking amazing. But we're just like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm down. Why not? Let's see what they can do with it. It was just a really unexpected curveball because I also thought never expected that. But hey, and then, then, and then the TTGL sort of IP rights. So okay, are you gonna announce another TTGL or 
remaster, re-release, like that has not been really mentioned at all. And if you've watched it already, I feel it's like it, it ended perfectly. Yeah, it ended perfectly. So getting the IP rights for that is a bit more mysterious, but maybe they just wanted to keep it so then they can re-release it or something. I don't know. Yeah, if it's a re-release, fine. If it's like a, 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 a redefinition, like is it is it like making it more high like def? Like a four K. Yeah, then even better. Like I'm okay with that too. Um, if if they were to do like an off, like a spin off series with it. Uh, okay, so it is called Tengen Topin La Kill. No, because that would just nah, that wouldn't work. Tengen Topin Witch Academia. No, no, like, I, I I'm not. This is not like. Cyberpunk, which academia? This is not Isekai Quartet. Okay, you're not just gonna mash all the trigger stuff together. Okay, this is Kiznaiver. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> so okay, I'll stop. But let's end it on probably the Baka of the month. We have revived the Baka of the month uh, award, and this time around, it is given to one of the announcements of Anime Expo 2022. Yeah. Will so June seventh, Death Note gets a Netflix live adaptation series by Stranger Things career, uh, creators. So, Matt Duffer and Ross Duffer, known as the Duffer Brothers, if you haven't figured that one out, uh, they were responsible for producing and working on the Stranger Things series, taking the storm out of every fucking series there is right now on Netflix because everybody supposedly really, really likes Stranger Things. I didn't really get into it. I have a couple friends who are really, really into it. I really liked the first season, and then I kind of just lost track of time and didn't watch the others. Not because I don't didn't like it, just other stuff. It's it, it, what, what I hear is that like season one is like amazing. It's different. It's super cool. good. But then after the next afterwards, the next two seasons are kind of like they're good, but like they don't reach the same heights as season one. Like same shit, different day kind of thing. Exactly right. Once you once you once you've gone past the allure of Stranger Things, you're just watching a good show. That's it. Right. But now they their next project apparently is a live action series of Death Note. Okay. Yeah. So a while ago, not even a while ago, a long time ago, back in 2017, Netflix had already done a live action adaptation of Death Note. Isn't William Defoe, right? Yes. He was uh, Rook. Uh, and then you also had uh, Nat Wolf as Light, Keith Stanfield as L. Um, you also had uh, uh, Mark Qualley as Mia, though she was Mia Sutton. And uh, not Light Yagavi, it was uh, Light Turner. God damn it. <laughs> Fucking god damn it. Uh, yeah. I don't know who asked for this. Okay. Why, why do we have another live adaptation of Death Note? So, okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, Will. But either recently or about to be, there is a new live action of Full Male Alchemist. Is that correct? Yeah. There is a One Piece by Netflix, I think, too. Is it by Netflix? Of uh, live action of One Piece. Am I correct? Yeah. So now, Death Note has joined the gang of live-action adaptations. They Except did... that there already was one. Yeah, uh, okay, there, Okay. I'll just say it because everyone's thinking it. Oh, Death Note, Death, Rebirth. Oh, they're just it just won't die, blah, 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 blah. Oh, new and live-action. Okay, we're good. Yeah. Apparently, this is going to be a new take uh, from Netflix's previous Death Note well, film. Well, it fucking better be a new take if you're going to do a, a new... Series. Well, but what would be a new take on Death Note? Like Death Note came out in two thousand and three, and like it just like I'm talking about the um 
not 2003. Uh, yeah, they, 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 actually, no, yeah. The manga came out in 2003. And then the adaptation for it, like, mo- like anime-wise, came out, like, three years later. We were all fine with it. And then all of a sudden, they decided to release the, the live-action ones, uh, the Japanese live-actions, which I did watch a few of them. They were decent. They weren't amazing, but they were decent. Uh, and then I thought, okay, that was it, right? That's, that last spinoff movie with L changed the world, that was, like, I thought you were guys are done. Then you go like five, nine years into the future, and then no, no the but, English adaptation. But, but Will, look, listen. First of all, you have this beloved uh, manga series, and we have learned from our mistakes. We have seen all these live action adaptations, and we have realized that a new take to reinvigorate the live action series of animes are needed because, you know, I just wanted. To tell this story, I'm the representative for the Duffer Brothers. No, I'm not. But this is literally DC Comics trying to make Superman a good movie. Okay, look, Man of Steel I thought was decent. But, I mean, like, uh, is there anything else that's memorable since the Christopher Reeve days? Batman v Superman was okay. Yeah, but... Okay. I, yeah, but, like, this is... I, I'm afraid we're getting into, like, a territory where we just now get Netflix to adapt anything. How about this, Netflix? Spend less money on these and spend more money making... On no Game, No Life 2? Yeah, or or how about, like, literally anything else? Put more money into ex- Exception? Put more money into uh, the Grimm Brothers with Studio thing, whatever that would be? I think it's just also the fact that they're trying to ride that wave of Stranger Things as well, right? Like, it's because it, that, that, that is, like, their, their moneymaker now. If you're Christopher Nolan and you're Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers is not going to say no to Christopher Nolan ever, right? So the Duffer Brothers at this point is like the equivalent of that, right? And you're sitting side by side with the creators of Squid Game. Netflix is not going to say no to anything that they say. So, okay, fine. I get that. That's why we have a Squid Game Season 2. That's right? why we have a, a a reality game version of Squid Game coming out on Netflix as well. So, look, I get it. But at the same time, like... The formula is not that simple. You try, you tried it once, failed. Tried it twice, failed. And then the Japanese uh, live action movie tried and did okay. I think the thing with like these kinds of adaptations, I get why they're doing it. It's purely a business move, and of course, like why not? You want to capitalize on the success of Stranger Things, so you get the Duffer Brothers to do it, and you also capitalize. On the, the the huge fan base that Death Note still has, despite what happened with the English adaptation. Do you think it's because they got the license due to the previous uh, iteration? So then they're like, oh, hey, we have this license which might expire because that's how it works, it, right? Possible. And possible. then the Duffer Brothers are pretty hot right now with uh, Stranger Things. Let's marry the two. Maybe that's how – maybe that's literally as simple as that. Maybe. I if, if it was that simple, then sure. But I I don't know, man. It's not always like one plus one equals two in this sense. It's like it it's not just that straightforward. I feel that when was the last time there was a live adaptation of an anime or manga that actually worked? Dragon Ball sucked. Ghost, Piece, in, the, the, Ghost in the Shell sucked. Yeah, One Piece looks terrible. Fullman Alchemist didn't work. Bleach sucked. Was po- there? I, I guess Pokemon, Detective Pikachu. Yeah, I mean that one was okay. That was okay, but it was also because like it wasn't about Pokemon. It was about Ryan Reynolds being Pikachu. I mean, yeah, and apparently, like, yeah, no, I, I, haven't, I haven't watched it, but like people were, you know, down with it, right? For Ryan Reynolds, that's literally it. 
I would say that was probably the only acceptable live adaptation. But outside of that, everything has been a stinker. All right, hold on. Let me let me Google this and see. What like highest grossing live adaptations? Because I don't think there's any good ones. I could be wrong, but like until someone proves the Dragon Ball was awful, right? Apparently, the new Dragon Ball Super movie was also like one of the worst rated ones within the whole Dragon Ball universe. Um, so there, there's there's something about trying to grow or maintain the fandom that you've built. But there's this, a Gintama live action. I wouldn't be surprised. There's a disastrous life of Psyche K live action. Yes, there is one. Okay, there's the Death Note. Okay. I mean, there's a Honey and Clover live adaptation. There's a, what? Yeah, there, there's a there's a Hanayori Dango. Uh, Space Blade Racer, I remember that from um, the Wachowski brothers, I think. Yeah. Blade of the Immortal. Oh yeah, Ace Attorney. I forgot about that. There, there actually are a lot of adaptations. It's just, it's just in the end, it's like they were already oh, so good. I can answer your question. Um, Ruini uh, Kenshin. Ruini Kenshin. The live action, apparently, if I remember, oh it, yeah, it did really well in the box office. I don't know whether or not that says anything about its quality, but. I remember that making quite a big splash. Okay. That's one. But it's also a Rooney Kenshin, so dope. Um I I I'm I'm not I'm not watching yeah. live action Death Look, Note. It's very easy for us to shit on announcements or anything of live action. Like as soon as you showed anime. me this, I was like disregard. Just like ignore. No no, it wasn't ignore, it was like let's just fucking go ham on this bullshit. Is what it is. All right, so it's it. I don't know. Like, how is this going to work? Like a new take on Death Note. What is this now? Death Diary. Wait, wait. Die wait, even wait, harder. Wait. You, did you say diary? So future diary with Death Note. Oh, so okay, fine. So Misa now has pink hair. Yeah, that will work. That's it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't it. fucking know. <laughs> oh, what are you gonna do? So instead of like. Ryuk being like a Shinigami. So instead of eating potato it's, chips, it's, he's it's eating just, a, hor- a corn dog. And instead of a Shinigami, it's a demigorgon. Yeah, or I don't fucking know. I, I just like maybe we're just too like monkey brain to understand what this is all. This about. is like four hundred IQ, three sixty no scope, like sixty nine gang gang. You know, like I I don't know. Yeah, Naruto four twenty run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kagabushi no jitsu shit. You know, yeah, like we, I, we don't know. We don't maybe. Our minds are too low level to comprehend the elegance of this announcement. I'd rather not do that. If it's no level, I'd rather solo level. I'm just gonna wait for oh, wow. one. Hey, who's now? Who's the one doing like de- terrible dad jokes and word puns? Hey, man. Age, it's working for me. All right. Well, I'm, I'm more aging like like cheese than uh, than 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 wine. Okay. So you're gross. Soon molding, yeah. Okay, damn, son. <laughs> okay. All right, so that is the end of our news story. Will, is there anything you want to say before we head off to our uh, no, break? I, 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 I'm, I'm still shocked by why anybody even asked for a uh, Stranger Death Note things. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to need to take a little bit of a break and just cool off. Just try and like, like restore my faith in humanity in, 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 in anime and manga. Just stop abusing this shit, man. Hey. How about just watch the anime? You know, with all this bullshit too, I bet you there's going to be like Netflix announcing a live adaptation of, of a, My Hero Academia. No, a, of a of a Junji Ito production. 
Like there's gonna be a live action Gyo or like a I mean, no- there is an Uzumaki live action. Yeah, but that but was, that one was good. Yeah, but that was 20 years ago. It was like 2004, right? Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a new take on that on, on Uzumaki. So the spiral goes the other way, unspiral, bro. Yeah, un Uzumaki even yeah. has the U in it. Yeah, there you go. So hey, look, I, I, I said it here first. If it happens, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> okay. But yeah, there was also a lot of other miscellaneous announcements. There was also a bunch of TV anime adaptations, but we could just go on and on because there's literally like yeah. pages and pages of news stories. And we just we'll, we'll link the collated link uh, in the description later as well. So if, for example, we didn't cover everything, which we didn't, uh, and you want to know more, you can always look into the episode description and find the link to see all the other announcements that came out of Anime Expo this year. But um. In all, all in all, a lot of very strong announcements that came out of Anime Expo, and uh, I'm excited to see, minus obviously the Netflix thing, what else is in store for anime this year and the next and future. There's a lot of good stuff, but uh, we, we, we will take our time going over it. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll go into the nitty-gritty of today's episode. So we'll catch you all later. Peace. We are back for the second half of today's episode of the Good Anime Palette Podcast. Uh, it's still me, Will, still Jason, uh, still reeling from the uh, announcement that there's going to be a Stranger Death Note things. Um, how are you feeling after that? Like you, you, you come back to your senses. You're you're less angry against the world now. Um, no. <laughs> there's just some things that just shouldn't exist. But like that. Do, do you hear uh, the level of contempt in my voice? I'm just so done with it. I mean, have you written the Duffer Brothers in your Death Note? I, look, I don't wish death <laughs> upon them. I wish I could, like, write the series and then have that die by itself. What, what, what Death Note or Stranger Things? No, the Stranger Death Note thing. Oh, that one. Like, okay. Like, instead of a person, uh, write the name just of kill the, the series off. Kill the series off. Well, if only... So no one gets yeah. hurt, technically, right? Except for all the fans of Stranger Death Note things, I suppose. Yeah, sure. If they exist. I, I don't know who asked for There's it, so. two of them. They're the Duffer Brother 1, Duffer Brother 2. Yeah. So uh, enough about that. We're going to go into the nitty-gritty of today's uh, topic discussion, uh, where, if you haven't seen from the title, we're into the next iteration of the Gotta Watch Em All series. This is episode four of Gotta Watch Em All. Yep. Yeah. So like, we left off with essentially, I watched the first half of uh, second season of Monogatari, and you watched the first half of part three, which is uh, Stardust Crusaders. Right. Season one, also known as season one of Stardust Crusaders. Right. And uh, unfortunately, because of IRL stuff, like I mentioned in the first half of the podcast, I was supposed to watch all of season two, which is the the last two curse. Yeah. 24. Episode twenty five to forty eight. But um, I ran out of time, but I managed to watch up to the halfway point. So it's better than nothing. It, it's hard. I mean, like, it, it, it's always, as I mentioned, like, tough to be able to keep up with all the seasonal anime, all the stuff that we have on our plan to watch list, as well as all the stuff we need to do for our upcoming and current uh, topic discussions. So And just for fun, too, right? Yeah. there's. I mean, like, who would have thought that, like, all of a sudden I see Bastard on Netflix and be like, yeah, I can totally watch this. 
Or like see like Akane uh, Akane Bashi on uh, on on Manga Plus and be like, you know what, this is something I want to read. Let's check it out. So it's it's hard to keep everything up. But uh, yeah, yeah, dude, uh, JoJo. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into some background information first. So technically, gotta watch them all. Number four is about JoJo Part Three, Stardust Crusaders. But the second season and the first half of the second season. So it is not issue of ordering or whatever as much as i just stopped at the halfway point yeah and as for the uh monogatari section uh in the previous episode i went over the first half of second season which was uh neko monogatari white kabuki monogatari as well as uh just just randomly slotted in uh hana monogatari right so then today we'll be going over otari monogatari oni monogatari and koi monogatari which is essentially the rest of monogatari the anime second season or second series based on the light novel of the second Same. season of the monogatari series god damn it but well, it's easy i mean like the naming conventions are straightforward but it's like the the reorder gets uh, the reorder is like straightforward because it's, it's released in that order yep. but like the watch order gets a little bit fucky because i don't know i'm not the one organizing the release dates of anime series so don't ask me for why all these things are released out of order so what we're going to do is talk about, in a non-spoilery way, uh, JoJo Part 3, Season 2, first half of what I've consumed. And then we will talk about that and then go into non-spoilers of what we'll watch for the Monogatari series. And then we will have like a, what, like a five-second kind of silence and then go into spoilers for each of uh, JoJo and Monogatari. And we will timestamp everything as well as provide like a couple seconds of silence so you know the exact point when spoilers happen and spoilers end, basically. Non-spoilers end. So picking up from the previous episode of the Gotta Watch Them All series, um, if, you know, if you've been listening to it, uh, you know things got a little bit heated uh, in uh, certain segments of our uh, discussion of JoJo Part 3, Stardust Crusaders. Um, there, there, season there, one there were several gripes that you had with the series of whilst you were like you know what it's still good there were a few things that you were not too hot on and you you know voiced them very yeah. very passionately especially because I, I from my personal opinion those egregious issues that i have even though they are quite minor in comparison the fact that it was in the adaptation is the thing that perplexes me but to each their own so how do you feel about uh Stardust Crusaders Battle in Egypt so far. That's what the the second season's called. So you watch the the first half of it. So uh, from episode 25 through to 37. 37. Okay. I, I say this every single fucking time. But JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is fucking bizarre and weird. And I love it. And uh, I will start by saying that despite what I might say later on with my problems, which of what I've seen which I stand by, uh, this is the best JoJo thing that I've consumed thus far. And right now it sits in my mind as an 8.5 and close to a 9, depending on how it wraps up. Yeah, it's a massive upgrade compared to the first season yeah, of Stardust Crusaders. To the point where I'm debating retroactively going back, even though I don't really like doing that, to give the first season of Part 3 a 7. And then, well, I guess it depends on how I feel about season two. But the all the things that I've said, 
at least the predictions, because I remember I, I, I listened to it. Uh, some are, I don't know yet, but the battles are a lot better. I'll say that with um, what I've seen so far of uh, Battle for Egypt. Do you feel like you got a more, like, closer relationship to any of the characters now? Because I remember when you talked about, like, the characters in um, our first discussion of Star Wars Crusaders, that whilst, of course, they were very archetypal, very stereotypical, and, like, you would expect a JoJo to be a JoJo, all his psychics to be psychics, and the enemies of, you know, the followers of Dio to be the same. But at least from my perspective, season one of JoJo uh, Star Wars Crusaders... I didn't really care too much about the characters, whereas when you go into Battle in Egypt, you start to really be like, yeah, no, this this is a cool-ass JoJo. Kakuin is a lot better. Polmaroff is a lot better. Avpadal is a, a lot more likable character. You're ready for my hot take? Go for it. I think the villains are way better than uh, the amount of enjoyment I got out of the main characters. It's not really a hot take. I think, like, in general, like, I, I, I of the vein where... There are series where the villains are a lot more memorable than the the protagonists. Right. And I think the the battles that I've seen thus far of JoJo, if I exclude what I saw for this particular Gotta Watch Them All, has been very violent fighting. You know, you punch each other and that's it. There wasn't really a lot of what I assumed at the time hearing from a lot of JoJo fans as creative, out-of-the-box, wacky stuff. And... Basically, I saw a lot of that, even with the half, uh, ha- with the full cur half season that I consumed. The amount of villains I thought were going to be less because, spoiler alert for last uh, part, no, last season part, fuck. Yeah, non-Egypt, basically. Right. Basically, the tarot cards, right? That was supposed to be They lay there. out how many villains there's going to be. Yeah, because you can work your way backwards. But it turns out that, let's just say there's a bit more to that, and I don't think that that is anything wrong. In fact, I was like, oh, okay. So it's just different than what I expected. But what I did not expect was some of the fights to be very engrossing, and there's actually not any fighting. It's a lot smarter in terms of the, the battles they have, yeah. right? It's more sort of like strategic thinking to outwit your opponent as opposed to just straight up beating the shit out of them and overpowering them. Um, I think that the the way that the the fight got resolved of a certain uh, stand with a female enemy was really good, as well as, um, let's just say, gambling. That one was also done extremely well, where violence was not really what ends up causing the villains to lose. Because, spoiler alert, usually villains lose and heroes win. So, you know. Did you like the new character additions? Yes. So there is a new character that gets added kind of randomly at first. And uh, at first, I really didn't vibe well with this character. But over time, I I really have learned to to really like this character. And the other thing I also want to say was a big sticking point I had last season was, uh, I guess we can spoil last season, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, we talked about it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So Avdol was a big problem I had with him because I thought he was a pretty good character, and then he supposedly died. Then all of a sudden, surprise, surprise, he's alive and in good health. And one of my issues was there's no stake because people just get hurt, but that's it. They're fine. It's no longer the when people get killed, they die, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> Life lessons, right? But I have to say that what I have seen of uh, season two already has 
alleviated my issues because uh, someone on the team, something happened to them and they were, let's just say, out of commission for a period of time. And I just thought that simple act of, hey, you're out of commission and this is not like a joke, this is not like a gag, I thought was like, okay, good. So people can get hurt, they don't die, but there's consequences. So I thought that was really good. Uh, characters come back from part uh, season one. I was very happy with some of how that turned out as well. But really, the fights are just really the highlights because it's just very innovative in a way, comparatively to what I've seen thus far. And uh, Jotaro is still Jotaro. Joseph is still Joseph, you know, so on and so forth. The fights are pretty good. Now, let's get to the issue at hand. I understand that the manga series originally is published from 1989 to, I think, 2000 and 1994, I think. Well, basically... Early it, 90s. Yeah, it's yeah. of that era, right? And I think the jokes and gags, if anything, is very much of that era as well. And I'll get into that in spoilers. One thing that I was really surprised by is the amount of comedic beats that is in what I've seen so far. To the point where I would say JoJo, the first half of uh, Season 2 of Part 3, is more of a comedy than action. W- what do you think about that statement? I think, it, yeah, there's definitely a lot like more like funny moments in Part 2, uh, in, in Season 2 of Stardust Crusaders than in, in the first. I think it's because in the end, right, the, the, the issues with uh, the first season was that there was a lot of time spent on character development and interaction and not a whole lot in terms of actually building a story for people to follow. Yeah, and also, I guess, with um, season one of part three, you had to introduce all these characters, the main characters, presume, uh, basically. And then in season two, it is literally, oh, let's just let's just do our shit, rather than, oh, who is this person, who's that person? Everyone knows everyone, minus the revelation of the villains, but you're acquainted with most of the players already, so... There's just no bullshit. Just let's just go, and I like that a lot. Yeah. So, so far, from what you've seen, pretty good. It, it could be more re- than more than pretty it, good. It could be really, really good if if it keeps up that momentum. I don't think JoJo would ever be a ten in my book, but this is an extremely Ooh. strong contender for nine. Which, uh, well, I mean, you only watched three parts so far. Yeah. There's still a whole lot Wait, more so to that, come. So then there's three curse of part four. There's then part five, which I think is three curses as well, and then there is Rohan Kishibe, which is not a must watch, but definitely I, it's only four episodes too. And then there is part six, which uh, yeah, uh, you're uh, so far like you've got a lot more stuff to maybe change your mind about JoJo in terms of like not like saying that you like it. It's more just like when you say there's not going to be a ten, you might be surprised. Look, I'll I'll eat my own words when that happens for sure. I'm not. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not. Like against that idea, it's but not the like fact I've that a you're vendetta. even saying that this could potentially be a nine is already like a massive change compared to when you first talked about Stardust Crusaders. Way, way more. Like I am, uh, I am very happy, but there is a lot of issues. But at the same time, now it's like the issues could easily be outweighed by the good stuff you see. So this is the part where I get desensitized, kind of. Like I know this is like a bit like sus, as well, they cause, say, because you keep coming back. It's like, oh, but like, why did you do this? Like, what was the point in that? And then in the end, it's just like if you tried to make sense of JoJo, it's kind of defeats the purpose. I get that you want to be logical about the whole world of 
JoJo's bizarre adventure, but you know, it's sometimes it's not necessarily the focus. Again, like I'm not going to tell anybody to interpret it one specific way or another. Everything is open ended, but at the same time, it's you have to understand like what the purpose of JoJo is and whether or not you appreciate it from that perspective. That that that's that's completely fine. I just think that I keep saying every single gotta watch them all. I, I at some point I say my problems are more severe. But the things that I like is is even better than the previous iteration. And that pattern has not changed. I think the problems that I've had, which I can go over in spoilers in more detail, has exacerbated. But at the same time, it evens out with all the good things that I like about it. And I'm not saying that I'm going to dismiss all the quote-unquote questionable or bad things. It's just more like that's not the point of the show. And that's, you also have to consider the context of... It was in the 1989 to the early 1990s. So people had different views and stance then compared to now. But the issue I have is why have those things in? Some way more forgivable than others. Yeah. I think, you know, I've talked about it in the previous episode too, where it's like, yeah, there's going to be some distasteful things in there, but it's not like it's the only culprit in this, uh, in this sense. But, whether or not you choose to take offense of it, that's all completely up to you. I think I took way more offense in in season one with all these things, and now I am more okay with it. More forgiving. And in fact, if anything, my original gripe of why would you include, like, Jotaro calling his mom a bitch, you don't need to do that to express the point of Jotaro giving his mom the cold shoulder, but really, they both really care for each other. Here... The things that are questionable, I actually don't have a direct answer of what would you do then to alleviate that because it actually is quite integral either to the fight or to the plot. So there's almost way less excuse that you can give. So far, it sounds like you're you're pretty you're pretty hyped about it then. Super hyped. Um, all right then. Deals powers better be fucking lit. Well, I mean, you got one more curve to go through, and uh, yeah, trust me, it, it, it could it could change your perception on jojo in general i know you've been pretty like good with it so far like you like what you see but of course it's like what more is there to offer that leads to why the jojo fandom is so fucking crazy about the series but uh you know, you're edging closer and closer as to you know seeing what truly is bizarre about jojo's adventure i don't think i will ever be a jojo you know dedicated fan Ooh, early words my man but I am a, definitely a fan and appreciate tour. That's not a word of JoJo for sure. You've definitely got a lot more parts to consume. So I mean, like, who knows? Like who absolutely knows? Curs or something, and that's not even all of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, right. And like, there's going to be more parts to like the series that will be adapted later on. Like, I mean, like 2025, you might be seeing part seven getting adapted. 2028, you get part eight adapted. Yada yada yada. So, I mean, part eight, like the manga is done, and now we're about to release. Part nine. Yeah. So uh, my thoughts on it is rather subdued in comparison to the last Gotta Watch Them All. But actually a lot of it that a lot of hype you would hear from me will actually have to come from the spoilers. So let's move on to, Will, what you have been watching for the Monogatari series. Non-spoilers. So just to recap, right? Three parts to the second half of uh, the second season, which is Otori, Oni, and Koi. So we're going to start off with uh, Otori. Oh, uh, so it. Sorry, uh, it is the last uh, 
14 episodes yeah, of four, this. Four, four, and six. That's correct. So, yes. uh, Otori is um, essentially the Japanese word for decoy. So then, Otori, Monogatari, means decoy story. And as with any Nishio iteration, it, it's very apt. Uh, and it finally features uh, one of the most slept-on characters, in my opinion, because she hasn't really featured much in the first season, as well as at all in second season. So I'm very happy to see Nadako come back. Hey, Kanahana's got to put in work, right, at and some point. boy, does she do a fucking good job. So uh, the, the whole portmanteau of Otori and Monogatari being, you know, decoy story is 100% very fitting of what... Tori is all about. So it focuses back on Nadako, which, if we've seen from the first season, uh, has been cursed by a snake oddity. And uh, therefore, then you start seeing more and more about her character, about her relationship with the characters, specifically Koyomi Aragi, the, the main character of the Monogatari series, as well as her dealings with the oddity curse that she has been inflicted on. So it's 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 finally good to see the the oddity side of uh Nadako because we've seen it for uh well we, we've seen it for Mayoi we've seen it for uh, all the other characters that featured in the previous episodes the previous seasons and so now the, like a whole hiatus of I think like a season and a half of Nadako and then her coming back and then you see her in her oddity form ooh oh that was good I'm very, very happy to see that Nanako is finally getting the attention that she deserves. So when I was going through the Monogatari series, Nanako was just... I was about to say Nadeshko. Nanako was just the absolute non-issue, not like non-factor in the story at the time. And I was like, okay, voiced by Kanahana, Renai Circulation is really you good. You were kind of just wondering what her place was within Monogatari. Because every character had such rich backstories. Like, she's and just in- there, right? Basically, right? Like, every character from Shinobu to Mayoi to Senjukahara, like, all of them have... Uh, and Hanakana as well. I, I was yeah, waiting for they that, They yeah. all have, like, deep, deep relationships. Even the sisters, the fire sisters, all of them have, like, a really strong connection. Sometimes too strong. That was my gripe yep, with it yep, as well. Yep. Now everybody is innocent, right? Um, but Nanako didn't really seem to fit in. It was more just like she was like a kind of like a side character, and very much so. That's how she was kind of presented. In the She's first like, part. oh, then the girl next door type thing, who happens to also you know power have a very very powerful oddity within her. But you know, you solve it, done. That's it. You move on. But then a season and a half later, all of a sudden you see her in a brand new fucking light, and now you're like, oh. No, this is actually one of the most important characters, as every other character is. I don't think there's ever a character in Onogatari where you see on screen and you're like, ah, oh, that's nothing. That's not much. They're, they're just there to fill the air. That's so, it. So, uh, I mean, it comes to no surprise that uh, after watching uh, Otori Monogatari, my appreciation for uh, Nanako is, like, increased exponentially. And I think everyone would go through some degree of that. Uh, so, yeah, uh, again, massive spoilers, so we can't go into it until spoilers. But overall, Will, what would you give this arc? The arc itself, I would give it an 8. Okay. I think like because there is still like a lot to unfold, like, it, 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 it literally it's, it, it plays out like a thriller, where you end on the fourth episode, and you're kind of like cliffhanging. Oh, it's, like, shit's about to go down, but like I haven't seen it yet. I want to see more. So... With that kind of like 
hold my breath anticipation i gotta give it an eight it could easily be a nine because the, the quality of animation is still consistent in the end shaft always does a really good job i had no problems with the animation whatsoever oh a quick uh, thing very uh, very very bloody by the way yeah uh david productions with jojo same thing very consistent very like top tier animation production it's just great so all right what how do you feel about oni monogatari the next one so I, I forgot which part I said uh, in Monogatari where it's like, of, of course, it's all very like exposition slash story driven. Oni is history book story like driven. Yeah. Holy shit. Because you get deep into what makes the Monogatari series exist in the first place. Right. So everything that happens before the Koyomi like high school arc before like he even like meets Shinobu for the first time before Ma- before in terms of timeline Bakemonogatari essentially right so you get like the beginning of time essentially yes. the beginning of time yes. and you see everything unfold and the crazy thing as well is it happens over four episodes which if you add time together 85 no like 100 minutes cuz on average 25 minutes per episode yeah, cuz right? you also got to watch the OPNED but, well yeah there you go in this case yes cuz the music actually is good good um I know you're going to ask me about the rankings for the music later. No, no, we'll, no, we'll do that at the end at some point. Yeah, I might need to actually re-listen to them as well. So I mean, you're, I'm doing that with the stands, right? So. Yeah. So the story is rich as hell, which is amazing that they were able to cram everything into four episodes. Because you're literally talking about the whole history of the oddities, the history of the characters... The reasons for why these curses exist and what happens when the curses get broken. Right. So this is like the turning point in all of Monogatari where it's like, because before you just see conflict. Right? right. You see an issue, you see a problem, and then there's resolution. Whereas this is like, you're looking at all the reasons as to like where these oddities and these curses stemmed from. Right. And so how do you go about telling a story without boring your audience? Because yes, if you're watching Monogatari, it's all about storytelling. But even this is very dense for like the average Monogatari viewer. So by now, you should probably know that each Monogatari arc has a girl as a sort of focus. With Bakemonogatari, it is literally introducing everyone. Kizu is Shinobu. And then Nisei is the, the sisters of uh, Koyomi Aragi. Neko Black and Neko White is Hanakawa. Kabuki is a bit of two people, but also Shinobu and Mayoi. Uh, Hana, Hana is, is a, uh, Kambaru. Uh, Otari is uh, Nariko. Nariko. And Oni is? Like, literally just everyone that's connected to the story, but with the, more, the main focus on, uh, on, on Shinobu, yes. on Mayoi. Uh, and all the other characters that are involved with unfolding this curse. So uh, the history lesson, I think, is extremely important because a new character shows up. And I think that's like this person has only shown up the one time. But this person showing up again is brings all of the past traumas, past history back up. Hence why it is... You, this this arc is used to explain the context and everything happening to give you the necessary information to go into a, basically the third season, 
the last series of the Monogatari main arc. I also love the fact that the character that was explaining the whole history of Monogatari as well was just like, oh, yeah, so this happens, that happens. Yeah, it's pretty cool, right? And then you have, like, the main character is like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's just like, oh, I mean, like, you hey, should, there's you a should... lake, there's a lake somewhere, right? And then... And then there's, like, a scrunchie and yeah, yeah, all that shit. It's like, like oh, dude, this is really fucking heavy. I don't know how to process all this. I just want to say that... Uh, I think it has already been introduced in the story, but uh, a particular character calls Koyomi uh, Demon Boy. Which actually makes sense because Oni Monogatari, Oni being demon, yep. it is a story about demons. And also uh, Oni-chan is, yep. uses the word Oni even though it is used differently. Can't get more big brain than that. Yeah, like literally this is a Nishio at its finest in terms of wordplay, so... What would you say is Oni's uh, last, like, final impressions in your score? I think that, like, as far as storytelling goes, this is, like, a prime example of what it is to watch the Monogatari series because you don't get more dense than this. This is literally the, 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 full, the full history of why the whole world even, like, was created in the first place. Like, this is literally every single Wikipedia article you know all condensed into four episodes for the Monogatari series. I like it a lot. Like, unofficially, it's an 8.5. Right, it, right. It's, it's the escalation towards that boiling point, and you know what's going to happen because it's you, you get left off of the cliffhanger, then you have this whole backstory that explains as to why this cliffhanger had happened, and then you just now are like, okay, like, no more teasing. Please let me get to the final part of the second season. So 8.5, it would be an 8. I think I gave it an 8. But you can't really give each part an 8 because it's like yeah. all-encompassing of your one side second no- season. Yeah, side note. Because Mal, and appropriately so, the whole season is all these different arcs put together, you can only give one score. I mean, technically in the notes, you could say. So you can average it out. Average it want, out. You know? But it is really hard because some are better than others. But I understand why it's like that. So. Yeah. You know. So now we're going to end off on the uh, unspoiler section. Uh, no, with... no, Koi, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. My bad. With Koi Monogatari. Koi being love. Love story. And uh, perfect ending, too. Six episodes. And also bringing back one of the heaviest of hitters in all of Monogatari, Hitagi Senjikahara. But that's not the best girl. What was the other best girl? I actually didn't think she he was best girl. You didn't think Kaiki was best girl? Kaiki was a good character, a very well-written character, and he served his purpose excellently. So remember, before we get into that, do you remember your opinion of Kaiki when he first showed up? It wasn't so much of an opinion. It was more just like he just showed up. It was much in the same way that Nadako showed up in the first season as well, where it's just like he's there, he does some malicious shit, and then disappears, and then there's murmurs among characters of who he is. But then now you go into this season, this 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 part of second season, the last six episodes featuring two people, but not the girls within Monogatari. It is now Hitagi Senchikahara reaching out to Kaiki and finishing off on a big bang the second season of Monogatari was amazing that was a very good story because i mean okay not to forget about nadako but nadako is like the big evil like villain in this so we're gonna focus on believe it or not she is a big evil villain yeah spoiler alert because all these characters all because you have you've seen with um hanakawa 
Senshikahara, Shinobu, Mayobi. There is a fucking dark side to each one of them. So if there's villains, yeah. I think the main story is that there's always a villain within themselves, too. I mean, even Koyomi has a lot of internal conflict. Yeah, Shades of Grey is the way the Monogatari series goes. So, yeah. So I think it was like the, 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 the perfect way to end off second season because it encapsulated all the story that happened in Oni, all the cliffhangers that came in from Otori, and just giving you one whole package, how to defuse the cliffhanger, how to elaborate on the story, and give each character who has a curse, who has a, a dark side to them, some humanity, some semblance of this person can actually be a decent human being. So when Koi Monogatari starts, you know, there's a bit of interaction. And then the venue changes to an airport. My God, that airport scene, that whole sequence, so good. I I, so I, good. I very much enjoyed it to the point now where, like, if I say any more about Koi, and th- this is the problem when going over the unspoiler section, because if there are three separate parts and I try and unspoiler each one, it's like, how do I unspoiler the subsequent parts without at least mentioning what happened in the previous part? So I think this might be a good time just to, you know, give it a little bit of a break and we can start going into the spoiler section. Right. But before I even say that, uh, overall, second season, 9 out of 10. Okay. Easily 9 okay. out of 10. Yeah, yeah. I think I gave like Bakumonogatari itself a nine as well. Yeah, I think. but but like different nines because in the first part the nines were based solely on the visuals and yes, the story was great too. But like if you like the story in Bakumonogatari, second season is like a whole level above that. And I fully expect that when you get into the final season of Monogatari, it's just like ooh, cream of the crop. So here's the thing: in terms of novel release order, we both know, and if you wiki it, you'll know. Hana Monogatari, which talks about uh, Kanbaru, is supposed to be slotted in the middle of the second season, animated season of Monogatari. My question to you is, now that you have seen all of the second season, do you think that stopping midway through season two to watch Hana Monogatari and then resume the rest of season two so basically following novel release order oh we it, forgot it, to say it, that it made, it made sense to watch it that way right it made sense to watch it that way because like if you were to see something so climactic as koi monogatari and then you were to go into hana it just felt like the pace was kind of off so it it, it it was more fitting to kind of just step aside Watch a little bit of Hana and then go back to the main story. It's it's like, it's like doing a side quest along like your your game. It, it, I I was fully appreciative that yes, Hana Monogatari did get released anime form a year after second season, but I mean watch it however you want. You can watch it release order. You can watch it in novel order. I I would highly highly if not only I would only recommend watching it in novel order, right? Watch the first two parts of second season, then get into Hana, and then finish off with the last three parts. All right. So um, now that that has been said, we will go into spoilers. So we will say which one we're going to talk about first. Which one do we want to talk about? Let's do JoJo. Okay. So everyone hold your breath for five seconds. So we're going to say spoilers for JoJo in five. Okay. All right. So when you're listening to this, now we are starting 
uh, the spoiler section for JoJo Part 3, Season 2, the first half, and everything that's preceding it, like, previously. And uh, you're warned. So, as we alluded to, there was a new character introduction right off the bat in uh, the battle in Egypt. So, um, yeah, Iggy. Iggy's the boy, right? So, here's the thing. I did not know until he voiced... So, Iggy apparently has a voice actress, and you don't hear the monologue that Iggy goes through until literally the last episode or the or episode 38, somewhere there. And I was just like, wait, wait, wait. That's a girl with a masculine... That's a woman with a masculine voice, and it turns out I was correct. And uh, so is Iggy a guy or a girl? Uh, it's a boy. Okay, all right. So it's just the voice actress or how they want to be conveyed. Okay, cool. I like Iggy a lot uh, in terms of his stand. It is kind of like all over the place because you don't really see a lot of him. You'll see a lot of him in the beginning. And then since then, he's just here or there, even though he contributes a lot to the rest of the gang and, you know, the development there. Now, let's talk about some of the issues that I've had with um, the JoJo. So the first thing is the shape-shifting brothers, the manga brothers. In the Boingo Boingo. So yeah, the the voice actors and actresses when they name these characters they say Boingo Boingo. And then in the subtitles, they actually have a more, I guess, normalized name. They call it Zenyata or something like that. Like a more um uh, Zenyata and uh Thoth. Right. Yeah. No, no, Thoth is the name of the Egyptian god. Jojo's tough. Jojo's tough. So basically it comes to no surprise. Boing, boingo Boingo is like kind of offensive. Oh, it's racist as shit. Yeah. And you told me, Will, that uh, in real life they had to do a recall or like a, a, a halt. There was essentially an issue uh, in uh, the late 2000s when issues of uh, Jojo Stardust Crusaders had to be recalled because of um, certain interpretations of religious figures or just religions in general. Uh, no surprise. Uh, as you mentioned in the first part of um, Stardust Crusaders, a lot of those issues existed. And they kind of persist in the right. second half as yeah. well. So the the brothers, right, their powers are actually really cool because it's a manga that can predict the future and the shape-shifting older brother. And if you were to tell me, hey, the manga art looks kind of eh, iffy, and also the name is iffy, I'll be like, yeah, I agree. The, so what would you do differently? I mean, the name thing is pretty easy. You just switch the names. But the power and the art from the manga is kind of hard to, like, take out because that's the whole point. I think in the end, though, right, like, with the way that the, I mean, with how do I put this? I I I I don't think it was ever malicious intent. No, no, no. In terms of in terms of, from the from the manga perspective. No, right? no, I don't think so either. But I think it's just really of that era of that time. But at the same time, it's like you can only really like re- reproduce, replicate what you know, and therefore it's like for him to essentially go through all that history to properly represent something. Like it's a lot to ask. I'm not saying it's excusing him of anything, but I I do get that there is of course some gripes, some issues, and it it very much was 
real world, like true. It, it actually did happen. There were a lot of people that were not okay with what they were seeing in, in JoJo Part 3. So uh, there is a fight, the Anubis fight with swords that I thought was done exceptionally well. And uh, the sword fight there was just great. And how they resolved that was also not only funny, but also just has all the ingredients of what makes JoJo fantastic. Then we get into the... Oh, oh, by the way, the blind man in the very beginning of part two. No, no. Season two. Sorry, I keep... Goddamn. It's really good, too. It's very typical of how you would overcome that villain, but it was done very well. You're talking about Geb, right? The guy who controls water? No. Yeah, yeah, blind. The blind guy. So, basically, that was really... How you would resolve that is not innovative, but... The story that carried through to get to that resolution was done very, very well. Smart, very smart. Right. Um. Uh. I think we're getting into the the Maria. So I really like Maria as a character in terms of not only her look, because obviously they purposely made it so she's very provocative, but also her power is really cool too. The but everything that takes place during that scene, with the exception of what happens at the very end of how she loses, is extremely questionable. I'm saying, for example, the bathroom scene. Yep. And uh, the what about the Joseph and Avdol bromance? Yeah. So I wouldn't call that bromance because they were like mortified at how that came about, and I was just like. Yeah, it, it wasn't. But, it wasn't so much what they were doing. It was more what they were saying. Exactly, and um, basically, it was like jokes about uh, boy homosexuality. love, homosexuality, and that will not fly nowadays. No way. But okay, fine. I guess if you're if you're offended by that, I don't fault you for it. But then you should probably just not watch any more JoJo. It's yeah. Look, if the vibes are off, turn the anime off. Right. Like I won't. I won't say like, hey. You're stupid. No, I, I, and I'm not saying like, oh, you're because... completely validated in your criticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right? oh, if you say like, oh, you can't tolerate that, then what are you a pussy? No, 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 none of that. If it's not for you, or you can't, or you think it's you know egregious, I get it because I see it. Okay, and it's not excusable too. Like for me, like I, I can overlook it because I don't take offense to it. But at the same time, like I'm sympathetic to one to, to the people who would be like aggravated by what they see right it's it's again it's not malicious intent it's not like they're going to do this to insult a group of people or a religion or a race and but whatnot. it does come off that way it, though. Does, it does it does unfortunately it's just one of those things where it's like it's 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 more than just blissful ignorance and more just kind of carelessness right but maria the magnetism part right of how she eventually loses is basically the very very obvious principle of magnets opposites attract and that's she gets squished in the middle and that's how she gets defeated i thought was just genius then um we get into the other questionable part which is about set yeah and the uh, shadow and uh the stands uh power and uh turning into a kid like uh, turning like People Pomeroff, get a, right? Pomeroff. Pomeroff into a kid. Oh, Polnareff. Yeah. Oh, and God. then there is um, a bathroom bath bathing scene that is very disturbing because it contains not only poop jokes, which is the least offensive, to 
groping kind of like etchy shit, which is not that offensive to almost child abuse to child murder to. Yeah, but at that point, it was like, what would I do differently? The problem is it's so ingrained that, yeah, you can probably make some things be more palatable to uh, the the political correctness of this era that we live in currently. But it it's really hard to change the overall sequence of events and, and resolution. Yeah. He, he, she, yeah. she turned into a fetus, though. That was fucking crazy. Yeah. So you, 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 you then, not to say overlook, but then it's like, we saw it, we accepted it, we moved on. That fight was still dope, though. Yeah. Also, like, the the PP thing, the baby PP yeah. thing, I was just like, that's very Japanese, like, baby kind of way to deal with that. Not saying that Japanese people are babies, but as in, like, literal child. We then go into the uh, the next part, uh, which is um, gambling, man. So... This is by far my favorite part of anything that I have seen of JoJo thus far, which is Darby. Uh, and it's only two episodes, of course, which usually is the case for most of the villains. It's yeah, it's, it's usually like one whole episode or part carries, one, part yeah. two. Um, I looked ahead a bit. I know that Dio is multi- more than that. Yeah. So well, but of, I don't of know. Course, right. Yeah, as you would. Right. That's the final boss. No surprise there. The Darby thing was really cool because. Their fighting is actually non-combative. I think uh, Darby gets his finger broken once. But besides that, it's all about mind games, wagering, gambling, and figuring out ways to cheat without being found out you're cheating and how you would go about getting the edge. Yeah, it's always like, you know, in the end, the house always wins. How do you manipulate it so that your odds are higher so that it becomes a little more equal? Yeah, oh, and by the way, you might think that, oh, it's just the, the bad guys that cheat. No, 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 no. Everyone in that sort of conflict tries to get their way by rigging the system or cheating already. And it was just fantastic because even Jotaro at the end of that fight says, this is the strongest person that we have faced thus far because he could have fucked all of us up. And we just somehow got it. And also when Jotaro wages not only his soul, but Kakuin that is MIA somewhere that has yet to show up. And then his mom's soul on top of that. And then Avdol's soul on top of that. It's like the biggest, like, we all know you're bluffing. Because they, they reveal that the dealer is in on it too. Who is supposed to be a neutral party. Yet, because so much is at stake your decision to either call or fold is like it's game over even before the moment he bet he wagered all those souls because it's too e- too much to give up it was definitely one of my most memorable parts it is so good of, like uh, Stardust crusaders like when everyone was sweat there was literally moments where all they were doing was sweating and shaking because of the tension and i felt it and I- it's also one of those things where it's like it kind of goes against the grain of what makes jojo like such a big hit for its fans because you always talk about you know their stance and their ura, 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 and it was like just punching each other whereas this is like the complete opposite there's no punches thrown it's literally just sitting there and out bluffing your opponent oh uh about punching uh young jotaro is so badass savage it's so funny because he's like oh he's a kid what can he do and jotaro being like yada yada and just fucking beats the shit out of set anyway so there is a character I do want to ask you about because yes. I don't really know how I feel about him to this day still. Mm-hmm. Uh, whole horse. Okay, so he shows up again, and I was 
happy that he shows up, but what about him do you... Um... I just feel he's just some bitch-ass side character, man. He is. I just, like, I, he, he keeps coming back, and it's like, you, you can tell he's a very devoted follower of... No, no, he's not Dio. devoted. Well, he's devoted because he can't beat Dio. Yeah, that's, yeah. But that that's where, like, the... That's why he's so devoted. That, that is true. He you doesn't know? want to die. Yeah, he's like you have to be devoted, otherwise, like Dio's just gonna straight up fucking kill you, dude. But he's 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 a conniving son bitch, straight up, just like, like he'll backstab you when rotten to the core. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think Whole Horse got done dirty by JoJo's mm-hmm. Bizarre Adventure because in the first season of Part Three, he was made out to be this crazy villain. With a power that is not that surprising, you know, bullets can aim and curve and move, right? Fine, that's not very hard, but to to imagine it. But now he's it's a just a very simple stand, yeah, really. But now he's just a comedic thing, and yeah, it was funny. But then, but that I think that's that's the that's the 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 second appearance villain curse, where like you see them the first time and you're like all powerful. How the fuck are you gonna beat them? But when they get found out, they're just little shits. Yeah. That's unfortunate. I I, I kind of like Whole Horse's character in the first part, but then afterwards, it's just like I, you said, he's just made out to be a scapegoat. When he point that gun at Dio, I was like, "Fuck yes, you're not gonna make it," but fuck yes. And then that got resolved, and I was actually super cool with the way it got resolved. Right, basically, Dio shows that like you, I will fuck you up. You only have one more shot, one more opportunity. You know, mom spaghetti on the floor, that yeah. type shit. But then that team up with the manga brothers just fucking stupid, and I don't mean that in like a funny, fun, happy way. I meant that as it was in just like, dumb. Just it, dumb. it was just butchered. It was funny, but it was butchered in terms of his role. Yeah, I th- uh, again, it's not perfect, but it is really damn good, right? Part three so yeah. far, very good. So, You're only one cur away now. I know you watched one episode into that second half. Yeah. So for the next, gotta watch them all. What I would do is finish the rest of uh, part three and start part four and talk about both of them. All Solid. right. Okay. Five seconds and then Monogatari spoilers. Okay, if you're listening now, we're going to talk about the spoilers for Monogatari that includes everything before season two. And in this particular case, we're talking about Otori, Oni, and Koi Monogatari, but everything before that, we will spoil. So... Monogatari is just a harm series, right? It is. I told you that since day one. It's it's a beautiful story, but goddamn. Like, everybody who loves Koyomi just wants to fucking kill him. Uh, yeah. The sisters want to kill him. Yes. Hanakawa. Um, Senjugahara. When, yeah. I mean, you, you don't you don't love someone as much as Senjugahara when you stick a fucking nail, the stapler, into someone's mouth. I mean, it's Yandere principle number one, right? No, like, if, no, if, no, 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 no. Senjugahara's no. not a Yandere. She's a Sundere. No, no, no. It's a Tun... Tundere. Tun, tun, yeah. Tundere. Like, there's an actual dere type for her specifically. I mean, you can't get more archetypal than Senshikahara. She's a very mysterious character. I know we're, we're going to sort of, like, jump back and forth throughout, like, Atari, Oni, and Koi. But it's it's kind of just because, like, the story is it's so, so, so dense that it's hard to go from start to finish without actually referring to stuff that happens later on. In the second season, and also stuff that happens in the first half of second season. So uh, let's start with the big one. Um, I did not know that Nadako at the time wanted to be a manga artist. That was actually a nice little twist. Yeah, funny as well. So, so 
as I mentioned earlier, I was super happy to see Nanako come back um, because she was just kind of relegated to being a side character in uh, Bakemonogatari. And when I- you see her like go through her transformation of realizing she's been cursed with this with serpent oddity and that she has to fulfill that fate, and her just kind of like brushing it away, not really wanting it, but then afterwards the curiosity gets the better of her. And she decides, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna look for these bones. I'm gonna look for this shit. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna take eat, on. The- I'm gonna eat this this uh talisman. Talisman, or- yeah. yeah. So uh, not just because she wanted to, but because of the fact that like Hayomi tried to stop her, and then uh, Shinobu is like, "Go ahead, fucking eat it. Why don't you fucking do it?" And I'll call your bluff. Oh shit! Not, never mind. Fuck. And at that point, it was just like I understand that Shinobu is in her like child form, but she's still all powerful. And to see her get fucked up that easy was just like, damn. Damn, Sengoku, like you are, you are a fucking demon. Holy shit! Yeah, and I thought and she just wrecks, she just wrecks Koyomi as well, straight yeah. through the stomach, and then like literally about to do that final call, and then in a lot of people's eyes, best girl shows up, Hitagi Senjigahara, which by the way is the most ballsy shit ever. Yeah, don't kill him yet. Wait till they graduate. Yeah, give it six months, and then when they graduate, they'll come back here, and then you can kill them. Think about that. That is such a crazy way to buy time. I thought it was fucking crazy. It's like when you, it's like when you have that option. It's like, do you, would you rather know how you die or when you die? Both of them are fucking terrifying. And then the central card is like, I'll just make it easy for you. I'll choose for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. it. Straight up. And then, of course, Nako just goes back to her shrine. Okay, I'll just wait here six months. Cool. I, I really like the serpent oddity uh, you know we've had like you've had the snail you've had the crab you've had the the monkey and then you've also have um the cat of course hanukkah was oddity fucking dope you wouldn't have i mean two you also separate, have the sisters you, that that too but you would the, the phoenix right and the bee you wouldn't have two separate neko parts if you weren't going to try and make hanukkah one of the more like prominent characters within monogatari but dude like the serpent oddity is vicious. That shit, like he's a Slytherin, I, basically, I, I, right? Yes, yes, yes. There you I, go. I, I thought that watching, um, oh shit, what was the movie series called again? Uh, what movie series? The the the, the Shinobu. Um, oh, Kizu. Yeah, Kizu. I thought Kizu Monogatari was bloody as fuck. No, it it is bloodier, but it is bloody in a very comical, exaggerated way at the very end. Of right? course, at of the course. Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like, this was, like... This, straight up this, gore. This was straight intense to yeah. fucking kill you. Like, it, it hurts looking at it. Because Kizu's like, I know I can punch you and, like, knock your head off, but you're going to come back and I'm just going to keep punching you. Whereas this is just like, I am, I, I love you so much that I have to kill you. That's Yandere principle right there. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. If no one can that, have is that, you... Is that why I like Nadako? Yeah. I kind of like Yandere. Yeah. So I've heard so many things about Nadako being this amazing character, and it wasn't until the the... She becomes like a god, essentially. That I realize, oh, that's why everyone was so hyped about her, and I'm agreeing with everyone here too. And the way that it gets resolved with Kaiki kind of swindling her is so fantastically done because it's all just straight dialogue, and it reminds me of the Darby fight because it's just all killing. But then the way to kill the god has nothing to do with violence, and it's just straight up convincing someone. And I thought. Kaiki, that's when Kaiki went from, I don't give a shit about this guy that scams people to like, okay, I don't like you scam people, but what you did excuses pretty much everything that you will do forever. I, I like Kaiki so much. Yeah. So 
the other character I do like as well a lot, and it, it, it literally they just show up for like a couple frames, right? Gaien is yeah. Gaien, yeah, because it's it, the whole point in Oni Monogatari was. Koyomi, Shinobu, Mayoi trying to find more and more and more about what the fuck is going on. And every step of the way, Gaian's like, oh, you don't want to know. Oh, you don't, you don't, no, you just, just stop here. Oh, okay, you want to know? Okay, come closer, come closer. Y'all are fucked. Why? Shinobu, why don't you tell him what happened in the beginning? Oh, you're not going to tell him? I'll tell you everything in the beginning. So what was, what was uh, Hanakawa's um, really famous line, you know, I know what, oh, crap. Basically, there is multiple people kind of saying the same thing, but because it words differently. Like, Gaian says, know everything. And then, oh, I remember. Hanakawa says, I only know what I know. And then I think a few other characters have, like, oh, I know nothing, or you know nothing, or, you know, you need to know what you don't know, or something like that. But then seeing these different people basically using kind of the same phrase to show their stance on things or their power or their capabilities, I thought was genius. And Gaian is uh, very important. Did they tell you about the backstory of Gaian in particular? Uh, not as much, or at least like there was just so much story that it was hard to remember well, what everything. Did, what, what do you remember? I just, I just remember her just being a complete know-it-all about everything. That Do you know how she's related to Kaiki? Some, they might have gone over it in Koi, but uh-huh. again, it was hard to remember everything. It was, it was It's like... It's like Gaian was still very much like that mysterious character, that person at the back where it's like they're, they're almost like God, essentially. Right. They are God, right? They, in this Who? sense, well, Gaian. Like, I mean, like metaphorically, she's an oracle, essentially. Yeah, where it's like you know this is going to happen, and you're going to have to fulfill it. And if you don't do it, then like I'm not going to be there to physically tell you what to do, or like physically like push you back on that path. But she's the shadow broker, basically, from Mass Effect. Yeah. So then you go into the. Oh, the whole Mayoi story was also really sad, too. How she has to, you know, essentially leave her existence as a lost cow and actually just disappear because she died 10 years before. Do you remember the very, very end before she disappears? They, like, hold her back That was like a snail. That was and the then... part where it was, like, um, like all the issues that I have with Mayoi and Koyomi, um, I guess that very ending when they kiss was kind of poetic, but also Dude, it's kind of, it's kind of sus, but also kind of sweet. But yes, it's but also, also it's like you know this person's been dead ten years ago, so technically age wise, hey, anime logic, right? You know exactly, right? I mean, why else would Shinobu be taking a bath with Koyomi when she's literally a thirteen year old girl, but she's actually a three thousand year old vampire um, who lives in his shadow? Questionable sus shit, right? But it all it, it goes every way in terms of other anime also having their own sus shit. Uh, no, because um, if I remember correctly. Uh, what is the name of the guy in the Hawaiian shirt again? Meme. Uh, Meme. Oshino so Meme, Meme uh, Kaiki, Gaian, and I think there is one more character that has yet to show up at a shrine, let's just say. And then there's the other uh, on- Onechan, the, the girl who has the doll. Mm. So oh, they all are like the, 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 the senpais of Koyomi, right, basically, in terms of age. There is a very uh, through line with all of them. Do you actually? Yeah, I remember. And there's a is one of the characters you were mentioning. Uh, there were there were also an Oshino, um, Ogi, Ogi. That um, that girl who was riding that bicycle alongside Hana, uh, alongside um, Kambaru. She also shows up in um, uh, Otori Monogatari, 
where he's like, she essentially susses out Nadako, where she's just like, you know what? Like, you're all prim and proper, white and innocent, but I know who you are. And then, like, you know, she, I mean, she's, what's her relationship? Because she's an Oshino. Is she the niece or the daughter of Meme? Um, so for those who have, who know the answer to that question, and you can listen back to this point in the future. I'm not gonna say well, shit. I mean, to be fair, though, I can't like, say shit. Well, it's it's fine too because I, I have my own suspicions as well. Oh, what is, is it? What is it? Which let's, the let's... fact that this is like, I mean, every character in Monogatari is sus as fuck. Right, right. But and what nobody... is what is Ogi's Ogi's sus part? I just feel like she's wearing a mask. I feel like there's just. But what is it then? She's another. She, she, she's she's a, a an, an oddity manifest. She's kind of like. Your Kaiki, she's kind of like your Gaians. She's she's there, but not really there, right? You know, mm-hmm. I don't know much. I mean, in the end, it's like there's 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 a lot of different stories. No, no, no. And I, under, I understand that, and all, they all overlap in layers on layers. That's the whole point of Monogatari. Yeah. So then, like, I, then then we go into Kaiki, right? Yep, so yep, Kaiki, yep. Uh, I can see why he's uh, best girl for a lot of people. Yeah, man. Yeah, the opening's pretty dope. Pretty dope. Pretty dope. Super dope. Uh, I also uh, and also um, the other part too when uh, I think they played Ren Eye Circulation for one of the episodes and then another one where they did like a yeah and then yep. instead of Nadeko walking forward she's walking backwards yeah yeah at that point I was just like ah ah Nishio always thinking of the small details yeah uh, I also like the fact that when uh, Kaiki and Senju Gahara is at the airport. Uh, Senju Gahara's disguise. No, oh, they were great. It's just fucking hilarious. And then they were just oh, the part where they kept on throwing orange juice into, into his faces yeah. and all that. And then he had to go to the bathroom. I thought that was pretty cool too because when he went to the bathroom to walk, like clean up, he had this monologue with himself of who, why, where, and how does this all benefit me? And I really like that monologue so much. It was also very refreshing to see Senju Gahara so vulnerable as well. And they even talk about that. The part where, like, she literally, like, walks up, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And she comes back, like, very clearly, like, distraught, crying. And then, like, Kaiki's like, it's going to be fine. What are you talking about? You don't have to be like this. No, I'm, I'm okay. But it's, it's clear to see that, like, despite being this powerful heroine in Bakemonogatari, there's still a human in this person. Yeah. She's still very much, like, a regular high school student. Or actually, is she graduated now at this point? She's graduated. No, no, no. Not yet. Yeah. They're all in their final year. I thought they graduated. Because they, they talk about, hey, Nadako, can you stop killing until so graduation? So where does the Hana storyline... The Hana it? happens like two, three years in the okay, future. Okay, so that's when they graduate. Okay. In terms of timeline, Hana is when Kambaru is in her last yeah, year. Because yeah, Kambaru yeah, yeah. is the Kohai. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's why Hana is important because... At the very, very end of Koi Monogatari, Kaiki, Kaiki's life is in question or it's ambiguous. Yeah, because even though you try and save the Naruto from the curse, the curse still exists. Right. So therefore, it's like, well, who's going to inherit the new one? And mm-hmm. therefore, it's like, that's, you know, the story hasn't finished yet. Yep. There is a reason why there is a final season. And you know Kaiki is alive because in Hana, which in the timeline chronologically is in the future... He's there having uh, yaki yakiniku, yakiniku yeah. with uh, Kambaru. Which, by the way, that looked like a really good match. And really uh, do you remember Ogi from Hana? Yes. Okay. I remember. I mean, like, very, very swift uh, pivot, uh, pivot of the bike, being able to ride it forwards and backwards. Uh, 
thinking back now, I did quite like Hana. Hana was pretty good. But okay, so the whole series thus far. Yes. Wanaku Monogatari, mm-hmm. Kizu Monogatari, mm-hmm. second season with Hana in between. Mm-hmm. Oh, and of course, Nisei Monogatari. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the more forgotten, like, please forget about that one. Mm-hmm. I, it's I, not I, as important parts, but yes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, take it what you, yeah, take what you will. Uh, it, it's, it's fun. Yeah. So far, it's, again, I'm in the similar vein of you where it's like, it's absolutely like eights and nines all around. Whether or not something will change my mind to make a particular part a 10 i mean kizu actually no kizu was a 10 oh really for me nothing was a 10 out of 10 but the series as a whole is one of if not the top series of all time in my opinion yeah so i i'm I'm thoroughly enjoying my journey so far with uh well i mean the fact that i've made it almost two-thirds of the way it is two-thirds now right is, yes, there, any, yes, is there anything yes. i need to watch uh outside of final season or is everything no, within it okay everything's within it um so yeah excited so we got a lot to finish up with um in terms of well the final season for me way more for you because let's let's say you you, you finish off uh part three you still got three curves of part four three curves of part five I think it's going to be four curves for part six. Right. Um, second curves coming out. And then Rohan yeah. Kishibe somewhere there, yeah. With four episodes. Yeah. And then God knows when the other parts are going to come out. Right. Um, so we actually haven't talked about, will there come a time when I consumed everything and nothing new has come out in anime form? At that point, it will just be, you know what? We'll come back to it. Little back Jojo hiatus for GAP. Yeah. Because right. it just doesn't make sense for you to just like wait for like part part seven and part eight to get that because at that point part nine is also going to be running in circulation uh, at least manga form you mean right? arena circulation I, I i i dread the day when i have to do a full tier list of all the anime openings and endings for the Monogatari. that's gonna series. happen and it's, it's gonna be tough and i'm to have to do that for all the stands so it's not like i'm in the clear either don't do every single stand because there's too many we'll, 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 we'll set restrictions right so but yeah yeah um we'll we'll we'll, we'll we get to that point of course um yeah so I, I I strongly suggest anybody who hasn't even started i mean the fact you're listening to this episode now means you know enough about the Monogatari series to to know it's absolutely worth getting into. So uh, we came to the point where let's talk about predictions. So a minute or two for each. Will let's start with you, Monogatari. Do you have any predictions you want to? In terms put of like, in terms of what like what happens in the final yeah, season? Yeah, anything at this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure that you're going to be seeing. Well, we we've seen every oddity. We've seen every character so far. I think what happens now is. What about the other characters? Right? Do we see more of Ogi? Do we see more of Gaian? Uh, who's the girl with the green hair that like has that like that 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 stone face where she's just, oh like, the doll? I like yeah. her a lot. Uh, she's the cover for Asuki, right? Yes. Yeah. So I'm assuming then it's more. Of she's one of my characters. favorite characters. It's going to be more of those characters. I think we've seen a lot of, if not enough, of the the girls and their oddities. I'm sure they're going to come back. Actually, maybe there's, no. There's going to be more of a focus on the sisters because I don't think that we've seen enough of the bee and the and the and the phoenix yet. Uh, Hanakawa is definitely going to come back. I I think that however many episodes there are left for the final season, hopefully they're able to give every character the proper ending. But I will answer that question for you. Yeah, yeah. At least in my opinion, yes. 
in terms of like what I expect the ending to be like, bro, it's it's, it's really hard. It's, it's, it's hard impossible. It's impossible, right? Like all you could the, the the simplest answer is I hope there's a resolution, and of course there will be one. Um, how, how do you expect part three to end? Uh, I I I think a lot of my predictions with Dio and everything is the same as what I would say last gotta watch them all, which is it better be dope. I think Caesar should show up, bring back from the dead, fucking anything at this point, like Naruto. Ochimaru, right, summons back all the previous Hokages. Like, I want that level of craziness. All right. So that is our predictions. And now that is the end of uh, this episode, right? Time well, to clean some shit up. All right. You can always reach us through our email, gapallet at gmail.com. That's G-A-P-A-L-L-E-T-T-E at gmail.com. All lowercase, all one word. On Twitter, using the handle at palletgood. That's capital P and capital G, all one word, or through our GAP Discord server using the invite link in the show description. We also have a website, and we encourage you to check it out. You can visit our website at www.goodanimepalette.com, all lowercase, all one word. Music credits for this episode. Our intro music is Ninth Power by Henyao. Our break music is Salamanca by Sarah the Instrumentalist, And our outro music is Golden Rules by Luax. You can support the music artists we feature by listening to them on Spotify, Apple Music, or other various music listening platforms. Get this, Will. Our royalty-free music was provided by Epidemic Sounds. If you're interested, you can sign up using our referral link in the show description to get 10% discount on your first 12 months and the first 30 days of your subscription for free. Terms and conditions apply. We got the offer again. Very, very nice. Epidemic Sounds has been... Very good for us. Yeah, so rock solid. Very, very happy with the service. So you should uh, go support them if you can. If you want to use their service, just uh, use our uh, show description referral link. It's nice to see that you've done a full 180 on uh, Stardust, honestly. I think like it wasn't so much you didn't like is, is the first part. Is, is that not surprising, though? I think that is... I would not because I was just afraid that like you know the, the gripes that you had with Season, with, with, with the first part of Starcruise Crusaders... Because some of the issues still persist, right? And it's not like it's any different from the other parts. Yeah, it gets a little bit better. Uh, they're a little less offensive, quote unquote, in parts four, part five, and beyond. But I don't know. It's, it's just it's just one of those things where do would would it would it still be a gripe for you moving forward? No, I think the only thing that I would want going forward is I want a Lisa Lisa type character before Stone Ocean because I just want to see more female presence in general. Maria is pretty good already, but I want a Lisa Lisa level of appreciation. I think that's why Stone Ocean exists. I think that's why, too. Yeah. So that is it. Next episode will be uh, actually when it comes out, it would be the After Dark first. And then the week the, after the, the that, the crunchy one, the, the summer one, the, yeah, the sizzling hot one of our summer 2022 anime seasonal premieres. How are your seasons coming along so far? I haven't watched hardly any of them. But, the ones, than, but what do you have? You wanted to watch. They're performing very well right now. So Recoil is doing really well. Engage Kiss uh, is doing Engage well. Engage Kiss is doing very well. Uncle Isakai Call of the Nights. I really like both of them. I've been pushing for both of them, and I'm glad to see they're doing really well. I'm surprised about Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer getting dem- destroyed. Unfortunately, me and the Biscuit is doing extremely well. Nothing against you guys. No, we, we just fucking made an abyss should be made should be sent into the abyss. We should, okay. we should stop now. We before, should stop yeah. now before anyone like played, sends us right? hate mail. Okay, all right. Thanks guys for listening. Bye See bye. you in a bit.